everybody. So this is episode, actually, I don't know what episode it is, but I'm joined by my buddy, Mr. G, uh, Grant Gallagher. And Grant, you know, in the last podcast, you said we should have a Morecambe Wise-esque theme. And I get yes. that. I get that. I understand why to really play into the joke, we're in bed together. I don't know why we have to be naked. Well, I think it adds to the ambiance. <laughs> as, as, as long as there's no touching, I think the podcast will go well. But, um, mate, this podcast is, I've entitled it An Idiot's Guide to the Mega Avalanche or Mega Avalanche because, let's face it, I'm an idiot and I've tried doing it. And I know you had a few questions. So, for the benefit of both of our listeners, um, ask away, mate, and I'll be as brutally honest as I can be. Well, question one before we get started. What's with the name, right? It's it's not a very good play on words. I get it. It's a mega avalanche, but the mega avalanche. What what? That's question one. You're I, I, I think the PR marketing whiz guru. Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure whether it's just one of those things that didn't translate from the French back because someone obviously wrote mega avalanche and then realised that having two A's in the middle just looked weird, so they took one of them out. So it's mega. The launch. So they, they've effectively written it, and it's like, it could be a typo from 13 years ago where they just decided that, oh no, we can't have a double A, and autocorrect took it out or something. But so technically, right. it's the mega, no, mega Valanche. Mega Valanche. Can we, should we just call it the mega from now on? Let's call it the Meg. Meg. The Meg. And um, did you just say 13 years ago it started? I think so. Wow, it's, so it's, it's, it's one of the oldest races, and it's the longest downhill race in the world. So I'm just trying to think, is that cable brakes? Surely hydraulic brakes and stuff are around back there. Well, I hadn't realised until... I'll tell you what, they're going to be some fun facts. Well, they're not fun, but they are facts, I think. I hadn't realised... <laughs> in, fact, in fact, do you know what? They might, is, they might not even... Oh, do you know what? Most of the time, I don't know. This is a career in PR. I honestly believe everything I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I never deliberately lie. I've got no idea whether it's the truth. Um, I hadn't realised that the um, Nuke Proof Mega, you know, yeah. is actually was designed for the Mega Avalanche. Uh, so, you know, and their new Mega what the e-bike version, etc. So the Nuke Proof <laughs> Mega was actually for the Mega Avalanche. They went over there and because the riders said, oh, we need a bike that can do this, that and the other. Light enough for cross country, but able to handle an insane downhill. And so they developed it. Wow. Is that your truth or Nuke Proof's truth? I, I think it might actually be like a proper truth. Wow. All right. I think, I think at this point, literally both of our listeners are, are, are feverishly <laughs> Googling it. <laughs> This, this, I am so glad this is a this is a podcast and not like a radio phoning because people, we you know, both of them would be furiously just pounding their fists down on the keyboard to uh, to reply to us or, or get involved. But so that's the um, I can't even remember what you asked. So that's the oh, background of it, right? So yeah, so basically it's a big race from top to bottom. Yeah, I think it's I think it's thirteen. It's twenty two k. It starts at the Pic Blanc, which is mm-hmm. you're you're snowboarding guy um which is 3300 meters black ski run 13 miles to the finish and the pro the winners i think do it in about 45 47 minutes um 
so that's a that's a long time uh, and my buddy who who did it um on my behalf of the charity after i broke myself which i'll tell you about um did it in an hour and 18 minutes which if you think you go to a trail center and you have an average run of you know forest forester dean top to bottom you know countdown and launch pad is under three minutes yeah like even i'm trying to think like a big trail like uh, the longest one, what's the longest one at the um, Bike Park Wales is something like four and a half K, isn't it? I, I don't know how long it is, and, and that's my truth. Um, no, but like, I don't know how long it is, but like, you, I can't do the whole, no matter what trail, Bike Park Wales, start to finish, I can't do it all in the one hour because I'm exhausted. Oh, it really, it really takes it out of you. And it's, it's completely, it's completely unforgiving. I mean, you know. What's my overriding of the impression of the mega is that every single bit of it is trying to kill you. <laughs> so, so why did you do it? This okay, well, look, one, do you know, I thought about this a few years ago and I'd seen it on countless YouTube videos. It was kind of the original insane race. And I kind of had one of those moments where I thought, if I don't do it this year, I was 51, about to turn 52. I'm going to want to do it next year and I'll just be a year older. So I may as well get over and done with but more importantly, you know, I do a bit of work with, um, or I try to support a charity called Total MTB, which is just a, an awesome community of, set up by this guy who, who basically wanted to encourage people to get on their bikes. Just get on your bike, don't care what the bike is, how far or how fast you go, and just bloody ride and get the mental health benefits and get out in the fresh air. So I kind of, I've been talking about a few charity things and I kind of wanted to put my money where my mouth was. Uh, and do it for him and raise a raise a grand. So that that was kind of the motivation. I, I know we're not on the radio, but you've all of a sudden come all over it, all smashy and nicey. It's for charity. No, was, I, was I like really professional then? <laughs> well, I just got a bit for charity, mate. Look, <laughs> <laughs> this is apparently we've got to have a decent ten minutes slot to to to, to put in for the Baftas. And yes, I that was it. I mean, well, actually, hey, what awards can we win for this podcast? Are there any? Do what? what? What awards can we win for this podcast? If both of our listeners vote furiously. I don't know, but I'm sure we could go on like, I'm trying to think like Bedford Hospital Radio or something. Oh. The night shift. You, we, we are <laughs> shooting for the stars here. Hey, do you know what, do you know what I realised? After you, you're, you're highly inappropriate for taking the piss out of Meghan Markle last time in the podcast, I realised our greatest strength is we can't be cancelled because we're not big enough <laughs> to exist. <laughs> I, think, I think each each episode we should try and piss off a different celebrity in the hope they sue us or just mention us. Because quite frankly, uh, let, let's have a pop of Kardashians because they, they have basically the same skill set as you and I, i.e. nothing. Um, so if, if, if enough of their fans just listen to write horrible letters, we are quids in, mate. Even just one. <laughs> even, even just one <laughs> would boost our listener numbers by, by a not inconsiderable percentage. I, I, I would feel validated. <laughs> Is that your truth? Are you speaking That's my truth. truth. <laughs> Don't let me silence you, man. Don't let me silence you. No, right. Anyways, so after, well, we'll come back from our cancel culture debate in a second. But so you, you've gone out, great mate, for charity, and you've broken yourself. How much did you pay for the play? <laughs> for the for the privilege of bravery. So this this is going to be look. This is like proper consumer advice now because I've tried. 
the race entry is like 65 quid and everyone goes, oh, that's brilliant, it's really cheap. I worked out, so I went, two of us drove from, I'm in the, in the southwest of England, two of us drove, we, we stopped at a hotel before the Channel Tunnel, we drove across Channel Tunnel and drove down there. Um, we shared um, a two-bedroom apartment um, and shared the driving costs. We used toll roads um, and the Channel Tunnel, etc. And I, I, I allocated like 30 quid a day for coffee and, and you know, meals, etc. And the total cost was just about a grand. So I think if you're going to go from the UK, you know, you might, people say, oh, you can fly. You've still got to park. It'll cost you 70, 80 quid to park at the airport. So, so yeah. the way we did it was two of us sharing and driving. What were the big ticket items? Um, you know, the hotel and outdoors, two people sharing is probably going to be about 300 quid each. Um, you're probably going to buy old bits like protective gear, you know, which actually, I'll tell you what, that 661 protection stuff uh, and the Endura helmet, I mean, bury my life, sort of smash myself up pretty badly. It would have been a heck of a lot worse without that stuff. Um, Channel Tunnel was 100 quid each. Um, tolls, I hadn't realised, you've, you've travelled in France a bit, I hadn't realised how bloody expensive toll roads were, but how awesome they are. I mean, yeah. uh, we, 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 got, we got on, you know, got on the toll, we used the toll roads the whole way down. I think, I think it was about 140 quid each. So yeah. I, paid, I paid going down there, he paid coming back. Um, about 75 quid petrol. But oh but, my God, we just, we just flew down. You know, it, it was eight hours. We had three or four stops because we felt like it. it absolutely brilliant. What's that, um, what's that road up near Birmingham where you can pretty much just pay to speed? Oh, the M6. The, the M6 toll or whatever. Yeah, brilliant. But I think, see, France, I think France are pretty strict because I thought you could just, you know, just go as fast as you like, but uh, not, not quite German speeds, but definitely the M6 toll <laughs> thing. I, I, but apparently they're pretty tight on speeding down there. Oh, no. So what, what I meant was what you're paying for is you're not going in and out of the city. So you, mm. you skirt around the outside of Paris and all the other places. I can't remember. You know, but more, it was just a really easy drive. You know how yeah. everything here, if you live, certainly if you live in the southeast, is just a massive pain in the ass. You know, getting getting to the local Tesco's, you're queuing to in traffic. You know, it's just there weren't many cars on the road. You 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 hit eighty miles an hour or whatever, and we just cruised there. You know, it's just it was it was a really easy drive. So, but I I reckon total cost if two of you were sharing and driving, including eating and drinking, etc., it's a grand. Okay. And, and for the class of 2023, they could drive down listening to the podcast. Oh, man. Genius. Genius. We need, so we need two eight-hour. <laughs> every now and again. If we do a special outdoors driving podcast, every now and again, and go, wake up! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Go on. So we're, we've, we've, paid, we've, we've paid for our entry. We've driven down there. Now, presumably, your regular holiday mountain bike students doesn't cover this. No, I mean, they they offer an insurance. Um, I'm not sure whether I should confess it. So they, they offer insurance as part of the package, which is um, 42 quid, which I took out. I also took out my own insurance. I, I, I went post office insurance. I, you know, you just go on to compare the whatever. Um, and I got that as well. Um, you know, the, the reason I say for the sake of 25 quid for the week your own insurance um the reality is i still had to in the case of emergency the people there were lovely the organizers could not have been better after i sort of 
smashed myself up and was standing there with lots of broken bits saying, who air the hospital? My, my, you'll, be, you'll be astonished, astonished to learn that my French, which, which basically boiled down to Je m'appelle Richard, who yeah. air la boulangerie, did not... <laughs> it was the who air bit, was that just you thinking? Was it, yeah. Ooh, uh, hospital? Ah. I, I, I did. I did at one point. I think in the hospital say mal à la tête, which I think is a headache, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a headache, but I felt like I was really part of the. You know, I was. I was sort of a bit part of their culture, making an effort. Um, so and insurance, I would get your own. It, it is you know for the sake of. Yeah. It's a big trip. If you do actually hurt yourself, the difference is, and here's so the difference is. If you've got a claim on insurance, you're phoning someone who's English or speaks English. Okay. And, and that, that really was at that moment when you're really hurt, you've got broken limbs or whatever, to pick up the phone to the post office call centre is slightly more reassuring, yeah. in my opinion, than a wonderfully helpful French people. But there is that language barrier. Yeah. Shout out to the post office. But every time I've been at the post office, it's been nothing but hassle. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they stand, you know, whether it's the same department that deal with first class stamps and broken ribs, but. Can you imagine if it was like Janice is behind the counter, just uh, acid with you for calling? Oh, <laughs> well, because she's just about to go on a fag break and uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's called, it's quarter to five and she's going to, you know, she's, she's off to, she and Shirley are out for cocktails. Can you imagine the huffing? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, this is this is Mr. Hurst. I'm, I'm halfway up a mountain and I'm hanging to pieces. <laughs> Could you call back tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the irony being, and again, this could get me in a huge amount of trouble. If if, if can, can I ask both of our listeners to to keep it to themselves? But I've still never got a bill. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite pleased with that. But I've got to say, the, I'm going slightly off topic, but the French hospital, um, oh, my God, they could not have been more helpful. It was so slick. I, you know, from, from, from chatting to the receptionists who were lovely, instantly see a doctor, two lots of x-rays, um, hand put, a wrist put in plaster cast and dispatched with the you know, a prescription in an hour and a half. It was just brilliant so um but that's that's kind of we're, we're, i think i feel like we're, we're talking about all the negatives here so it well, costs a grand but at least the hospital will see you quickly <laughs> <laughs> hey join me next year for all the fun that's uh, inside a and e so all right so for those people that didn't smash themselves to pieces what's the format of the race um, would you? Like? It's it's um, so basically you've got a couple of days of training and you can just ride some of the the cross country bits. On the Friday they've got a separate course, so it's a completely separate course, which is the qualification course, which is just bonkers. It is way harder. It's just a rocky section, the rocky downhill. It's about twenty five minutes, um, mm-hmm. and the rocky section is harder than the Meg Avalanche course. It, it's just mad. Um, so they do that on a Friday, and effectively, you've got groups of 100 guys go off, and they do seeding runs. So effectively, I keep saying effectively, don't I? Um, so out of, out of those 100 guys, if you finish in the first 25, you're in the pro race. If you finish 25 mm-hmm. to 50, you're in the second tier race, 50 to 75, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, but- so, so if you've, you've paid all that money, 
everyone races yourself to pieces everyone still gets to go to the main event yeah everyone, everyone races it's just a question of two of the races happen on saturday and two of them on the sunday so it's just a question of which race you're in um or, of course the other the other thing is that there are a load of pros who end up in the amateur race because if they're fighting for, in the qualification but they have a mechanical for example or have a crash mm-hmm. of course they don't finish in the top 25 so you, you end up having like pro riders um in in your your silly amateur race but um yeah so that's ev- everyone will get to race the mega it's just a question of where you, what what uh, day you do it to coin the americanism everybody makes it through to the big final it's it's a it's a no cut race i think is the way the americans would pitch it a no cut race and 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 everyone some people are going for the three peat yeah <laughs> so so that's that's the format i mean the, the, the actual race itself i mean i i shared a bit i mean if, if you want to um if either of our listeners want to go to the youtube channel dicking about tv and you've got two options you can either watch me slide down on my bum down a, a, a ski run holding on to my bike at 18 miles an hour um which was just mad or the slightly longer video is 20 minutes of me swearing uh, you know what so we've ridden together for a long, long time, and you're obviously a very accomplished rider. What made me laugh about the bum video is the genuine fear of you sliding down your backside, like the least scariest thing ever. <laughs> and all I can hear in your voice is just you panicking more and more, sliding down a big snow slope on your bum. I, it was, I, I was petrified. I mean, I, no one, I mean, that video, I've got to say, there is not a single YouTube video that does justice. You know how um, the GoPro stretches the, the angles out? Yeah. I mean, looking down, you're, you, you know, you're a snowboard instructor, a guide, et cetera, et cetera. You know how steep that is. It was a black, and it just dropped to nothing. And <laughs> it, was, it was right at the beginning. So it's like, it's not like you had a chance to warm up. I just looked over this precipice. My buddy Lee, who, who'd done it three times or twice before, Said, oh, you know, to go down this way because we couldn't, we couldn't ride. So you get up to the top, you get three chairlifts to get to the top. You immediately on this slush that's so steep, and we we did one pedal stroke and we fell on our asses. You do another pedal stroke, fall on your ass. So you you're sort of like half running down. Then you get to this second bit where it's so steep, you go, I can't do that. So I went down on my bum, and you're quite right. I was genuinely petrified. I, I, I was shaking, um, you know, I was, I was that scared. Um, so, so the next part of the race, so you've got about a, I don't know, a mile, it's, it's less than that, on this snow. And then you get to all this rock garden bit, and you, you've got the suddenly, I'll tell you what's essential. So anyone listening to this is going to do it next year. You've got to go and ride or walk the mega course just because there are a load of rocky sections where you just need to have a look at it and go on that one i have to stay left because there are a couple where if you went right then you know there's a six foot drop from rock to Mm. rock but you go left you can roll it so so you really really need to be aware of where those bits are so so like when you see the pros on the downhill, they walk the course first. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, all the pros wouldn't care which side they go because they've got the skills to do it. But for, you know, someone as incompetent as me, the worst bit, mate, the worst bit, man, and there's, again, a little, little video. We, we came up to, so we did a little bit of that. We came up to this rocky section where it's basically just a series of drops. It's incredibly steep. All the rocks are at an angle. So you're going across them. And, you know, it's as if someone designed something and said, oh, can you, can you make a rocky bit that's going to slash my tyres? 
<laughs> and we and we and we got through it. And I thought, bollocks, I'm not doing that. Uh, there's no way. So I stood there and thought, no, no, I'm going to walk this bit. I, I, I'd lost, I'd lost all elements of pride at this point. I, my, yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't care. I, I thought I'm going to walk this bit. I was still absolutely petrified, and I was shaking from the the fear of the ice. Um, and and we were just about to walk down this bit. And one of the organisers, the French organiser, this awesome guy I'd been chatting to earlier, um, who, who, who spectacularly had recognised me from Instagram, so he instantly became my best mate. So yeah. he comes up behind us, and in his rucksack, he's got like a 220mm travel bike, and we're on these, you know, fat bikes, and he's got a rucksack full of the signs, because he's marking out the official course. So he, he's sort of coming down behind us, and he says, Richard, Richard. I thought, oh, no. He says, wait there, I'll go down at the bottom and film you. <laughs> I, I just oh my god i wanted i wanted to curl up and die because i wanted to walk this section because it was too much for me and this lovely guy said yeah. hey, hey I'll, I'll put you on instagram I'll, I'll film you so he went to the bottom of this and so i again i would never have ridden it but you know how the male ego kicks in and you go yeah yeah you go oh i've got to do it now i can't let this guy who's a complete stranger who i would never see again in my life think less of me <laughs> 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 and, and I did it and I got down that bit then I got we got we got some other the cross country bit even that is trying to kill you I mean this is I don't know whether you saw the video and if you watch my buddy's um, back wheel it's skipping away the whole time it's like loose scree I think they call it and so the time yeah, yeah. It's, you're constantly fighting the bike to try and stay up which, uh, and you've got lots of rucks to get up and over and so that was all going quite well i was really yeah at this stage do you know what i was feeling pretty pretty confident or pretty happy with myself i was feeling a little bit proud of myself if truth be told because i'd sort of the really 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 scary bit i'd done and then there was a horrible little it sort of just dove away sort of 10 10 foot down there was a a, a really tight switch back that just sort of went down and i just didn't go wide enough so I went right in order to make a left-hand turn while it dropped down. The front wheel locked, and I had that horrible moment. You know, you know when you crash really slowly, but yeah, you're, yeah. And you're holding and you're holding the front brake, and you know you shouldn't be because as you're holding the front brake, your your body weight's going further forward and forward, but you don't have the presence of mind to let your hand off the front brake because that's all's holding you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I sort of like almost had this moment. Ah. Oh, Shit, I'm going over the and I and I just went over the handlebars, land on my head, land on the rocks, put my hand out, my wrist snapped, uh, broke through ribs, and I just you know sat there feeling pretty damn sorry for myself. Um, um, and, and actually, I was I was kind of I knew I'd broken my wrist, but I didn't know about mm. the ribs at that point. Um, so, but, <laughs> and the worst thing was, if you end sort of we, we walked for a bit um, to try and get out of the way because we were still halfway up the mountain and. Lee, Lee had a brilliant idea. Um, uh, Lee Knapp, this, this wonderful buddy of mine who, who, who went with me and, and helped me out, drove me to the hospital. He was an absolute superstar. Um, so we put the bike pump on my, on my wrist and then tied that up to try and make a splint. We were very, it was like a Boy Scout moment. We were, we were quite proud of ourselves for that. Did you feel like you were in Bravo 2-0 or something? I, I, I very much so. Very much. If, if it had not been for the French workers sitting in the back of a pickup truck smoking and laughing at me, I would have felt <laughs> really. <laughs> I, I, might, I, I might have felt a slightly more ninja-like or you know yeah. more hench. But but I tell you what, mate. So I so we did it. We got to a fire road, 
And then I sort of you know, rested my hands with a broken wrist on one handlebar and rode the bike down following it. And of course, I was, I've thrown the rotor away because it was cooked to buggery. It was black, feathering only the front brake on the way. It was 20 minutes down. So we get to, we get to the middle of Altuez. This is a great story, isn't it? And, we, and the first, literally the first building we come up to says, um, hospital and x-ray. And I was like, oh, brilliant. And on the door was a note saying, closed for holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the week of the mega. There was, there was a charity ride. There was a big road ride up the Alp to West Climb and whatever else. And it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But um, So then we had to go an hour into Grenoble. So, so that kind of was the end of my mega. I spent the rest of the week. Hang on, I'm just going to tell the dog to be quiet. Gwenny, bless you. Um... Do you, do, you like, do you think professional podcasters do this? I think our two listeners up? will forgive us. Shall I cut that out or just leave it in? It, it'll be fine. It'll come out in the edit. <laughs> the, the edit is basically me hitting publish. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, that's all I've got. I think actually, I think the worst thing is she can hear your voice. Because uh, she likes you more than me. She's actually sort of wanting to get in the room. But um, so, so the rest of the week was, there was some awesome dual slalom you can go and watch. Um, guys like Killian Brom, everyone milling about. Um, I met up with some absolutely fantastic German guys um, who, two of them had broken legs. They'd broken their legs there. Another guy had a broken arm. So we were, we were like the walking wounded. Um, uh, but it was, it was a really good vibe. Um, I mean, if you're going to do it... Um, Altuez obviously is at the top. The village is the top of all those horrible climbs. There are two or three other villages around where you know you could stay, but you would then have to drive to or, or find a chairlift to get up there. So, so I think being in Altuez is kind of a good call because it means after you finish riding, you can you know there are plenty of restaurants and and pubs and bars, etc. Um, so, so if any of our two listeners are thinking about doing this, right? And they go, right, I'm going to do this. I'm committed. I've got my £1,000 saved up. I've got my bike all as good as I can make it. What trails should they be riding? Like, they go to Bike Park Wales if they're lucky enough to be close to there or the local trail centres. Is a blue going to do it? That's a great question. Um, every Everybody there had a... You, you've got to be able to do a really tough red. I mean, there are certain bits where you're hanging on. I mean, I think I, I chatted to, to a guy called Ben Moore, who I've mentioned a few times, super bloke. He, he, ben is a professional rider for Orange. Um, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing rider. He and his wife Susie both did it. <laughs> Susie's way more manly than me because she had a crash and subsequently found out she had a broken rib and then just did the race anyway. <laughs> she, she, That's hardcore. She, she is proper hardcore. I mean, that was, that was quality. That was absolute, oh, my God. That was a proper... Uh, injury but and Ben's advice to me was so you've got to have two hours of fitness in your legs okay. so this, this is why I, I was sort of training I, I mean I did put some proper effort in I wasn't just taking the piss but um so, so, so you've got to have two hours of proper pedaling because even if you do it smoothly it's yeah. an hour and a half you know it's, it's a big big you know effort um if your bike park wales it, it's the rocky section. I mean, I think on the on the ice, on the snow on the ice, basically, as the guy said, you you get your saddle down, you stretch your arms out so that you're you know absorbing, you know, pushing the bike away, 
Mm. He says, you know, the guy who was all that said, your arm should be, when you finish the ice and the snow bit, your arm should be aching because you've, you know, sort of pushing them away. Um, the rocky bit is just bike handling. If you're super confident on drops, there are no jumps. So it's all about drops. It's yeah. about controlling the bike and rocky drops. Um, there aren't many, but it's just, you know, if you're the wrong, if you get pushed the wrong side of one of these things, one of the one of the one of the stone sections. You're you you know unless you can properly do a drop, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so a bike part, you've you've got to be doing a techie red. And and we talked about our uh, last week. I think we did, did we? We talked about a lot of rubbish last week, but we talked about the psychology of the whole thing. How does being in the big mountain environment affect the psychology? Um. I think, I think this comes back to the fitness, because yeah. um, you know, you know, what? Like, yeah, Christ, we're actually, this is like like proper conversation now. I feel like we should slag someone off. Kardashians, ah, losers. Anyway, um, <laughs> we might have lost one of our listeners by now. Well, they've stormed off. <laughs> I suspect one one of our listeners. <laughs> listen by accident because they think it's, they're probably 80 and they think one of us is their grandkids or something but yeah, anyway yeah. Um, um, I think if you've got the fitness one of, one of the things pros say is you should be a, a pilot of your bike not a passenger oh I like that and, and it's I'll tell you what's true because it's it's completely unforgiving so if you get down the ice then you get through the rock section you've got a, a length across country bit then you've got to climb up this uh, this road or this, this you know, gravel road and then you've got a 20-minute black run of switchbacks, tight, steep switchbacks down through the forest. Yeah. Um, at any point in that, I think if you're completely knackered, you lose focus. Yeah. And the second that you're just a passenger and hanging on for dear life, you, you're probably going to hurt yourself. Because if you took any 10-minute section of that, You'd be on your game, and if you rode it in the UK, you'd be going, "Cool, okay, they are cool." That was a bit tough, wasn't it? That was a bit, you know, that was a bit hardcore. And you just put all of those together, you know, you, you've got, yeah, <laughs> effectively what eight of those, eight of those, you know, ten minute sections put yeah. together. Um, and I think the psychology of it is, is you, you, you must be confident before you go out there. Um, and I think the fitness is the major part of that. If you're if you're worried about struggling or you know, I've got to say the middle bit of the race where they come up the road, they climb up the fire road. So me and the German guys, um, we were going to be supportive. So everyone races up there. So on both race days, we packed our rucksacks full of bottles of water, and we just went up there. And there was a guy announcing. So someone came up the hill. The the organizer who was hilarious would have a look at their number on their on their bike, and then say to us, "Oh, it's." John from England. So when he came past, everyone who was on, sitting up on this hill would go, come on, John, come on, John. And the German guys were smashing their crutches together to make a noise. Us with our broken arms were blowing our whistles. And, and it, was, it was horrifying because we thought we were being really nice. All the guys who were halfway through, who were absolutely broken, a couple got off their bikes. And then when we started calling out the name, they were forced... <laughs> emotionally to get back on their bikes because everyone was cheering and recording their names and we, we, we were basically torturing these poor people because they wanted a bit of a breather or to walk their bike for 100 yards <laughs> but when a crowd's shouting your name you, you don't do you you sort of 
Well, no, especially if, from what you describe, it's the cast of The Walking Dead, the zombie, <laughs> cheering you on. <laughs> With some ra- random bloke, me, just whether, whether they wanted it or not, I was just hurling water at them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a scene from It's a Knockout. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It was, it was almost, oh, that's, that's exactly it. It was almost like, now, can you stick to the path whilst we, we throw bottles of Evian at you? Um, <laughs> friend of mine the, the Susie um, Susie Moore Ben's wife um, who, who did it we were there for her race so say we, we just wanted to to contribute and if anyone looked knackered we could offer the water or whatever you know she was doing amazingly well she sort of made it up the hill and I sort of said do you want more she'll lead her head back because she was so <laughs> exhausted at this stage you know she couldn't even bloody form words but so we gave us some water pour, you know a lot of people pouring water in the back of their neck because it was a hot day you know they, they were 40 minutes into a race you know, and, st- and still had, you know, half an hour to go. It was just, just mad. So that was hilarious. But I say, me and the German guys were just laughing and going, we're, we're just torturing these people. Um, so I'm not saying the Germans enjoyed that more than me, but, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> let's, let's gloss over that. Did you see yourself as the fourth emergency service? I, I, we, we did. And I'll tell you what, just to, just to clarify, I think I put it in one of the posts where I said to you, oh my God, every stereotype, I was desperately proudly clinging on to i was absolutely just furious the french were friendly the germans were hilarious yeah oh, it just i don't know why i bothered going with these stereotypes it was it was wasted effort so sounds like you're revving up for next year then i booked my hotel room last night oh top tip absolutely top tip this is going to be like a serious top tip now all the hotels you book in, oh, it's the apartment or whatever. Yeah. You're not booking with the bloody hotel. So we booked we booked this room in yes. this hotel complex. And then we got there and the room was a nightmare. It was a great room, but it was over a bar and every night was till 2 a.m. So we went down to reception and said, oh, could, you know, can we, can we swap rooms? No, each room is bloody owned by an individual who rents it out to you. Yeah. So they weren't, we weren't, we didn't have a room in a hotel. Well, the hotel's room, we had some bloke called Mark, you know, French spelling, who owned that room and rented it out. So just just a word of advice. So if you're going to get in an apartment block and you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to stay in this hotel, the room, even if it's advertised in the base of that hotel, is just that guy who may, might be his buy-to-let, he owns that one apartment and rents it out. So if you're not happy with it, it's not like you can go to reception. So it's just, just something to be mindful of. And also... The the room we had, it said, so it's a two bedroom or, or, or a main room and then a, an extra bedroom sleeps four to six. Yeah. <laughs> Never in a million years. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all ski accommodation or alpine accommodation is like that. I Comfortably mean, sleeps 17. There's three beds. I, yeah, yeah. That, that's... Physically, mate, there, there, were, there were two single beds and basically the room they described was a big cupboard. It had a sliding door like a pantry. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there was like a foot of space at the end of the bed. But if you pulled out all the beds, bear in mind we had our bikes with us. If you pulled out the other beds under the singles. Yeah. I mean, there physically wasn't enough room for four people with bikes. So it was two of us in there in a room they said could do six with our bikes and we were still tripping over each other. So uh, this is like proper, proper advice. If there's a group of guys from the UK or anybody, if, if one of our listeners is going to go next year, oh, let's yeah. go three of us. It says it will take six people. Oh, that's great. We're only three of us. 
oh my god, get two rooms. I swear to God, it's it's three of you would have been absolutely killing each other. Uh, and if it says, <laughs> and if it says just a short walk from the main lift, <laughs> definitely fact check that on Google Maps. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely, Google Maps it. And there was one bar in the middle of Aptuez, which was just. 2 a.m. It was a bloody nightmare. It's whatever the bar is next to the ice rink. Yeah, yeah. I know the one. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, it was. It was just. It was like bloody. Yeah. Actually, but, it, was, um, it was full of Brits swearing and pretending they could sing and trying to start fights, which which is obviously our, our key export. Well, but, that's so, it. Yes, running battles with the locals <laughs> in the streets. But no, that's it. Our. I'm Scottish. We 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 are loved universally. Yeah, you are. Okay, it's difficult not to love a man in a skirt, isn't it? That's right. That's right. We're, I think we're seen as non-threatening. Look at that poor ginger bloke with a skirt on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's summer. Isn't he brave to get out? I think they want to go around just so they see who's the first one to burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> like a vampire in a church. <laughs> But I say it was it was an awesome vibe there. Everyone was really cool, you know. Everyone was friendly. It was, um, you know, apart from my basic lack of French, they still just lovingly took pity on me, and you know, um, it, it it was really it was really good. It was really good. Um, my my overall thing was, you know, I'm going to go back next year. I am very much looking at it with rose tinted glasses. There is, let's be, oh God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest now. Um, there was, there was a moment when I, you know, after a couple of runs or whatever else, when I, when I broke, when I had the big accident, there was a moment where I thought, oh good, I don't have to do it now. Yeah, yeah. So you, now you've got a genuine excuse. I was like, I don't have to do it. And there was almost like a little bit of relief, like, it's all over. I'm not. I'm definitely not going. To, you know, I've broken five bones, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to die on my mountain because they can't make me do it because my hands in plaster. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if you make me phone my my mate Grant, he'll tell you I'm not allowed to do it. That's right. I've got a veruca. <laughs> I, I, I can't race down a mountain with these split ends. <laughs> So, so, so people sharing this piece. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I kind of when I when I pressed the button and put the room last night, I was thinking, I'm very much remembering the good bit of what a what a nice week I had whilst wandering around the town buying souvenirs and and, and sipping coffee, um, as opposed to the absolute terror of being on the bike. <laughs> All right. Well, if one of our listeners, one of our two listeners, is either is, well, is still here, uh, works or knows Mister Injula or Mister Six Six One, feel free to drop us a line. Hey, we haven't talked about sponsors. Do you think we should get some? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like Bedford's Big Bar and Grill. <laughs> I was I was going Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. Yeah, well, you were, you were thinking Filthy McNasty's Bar and Grill in Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I was going a little bit more highbrow. Yeah, I was going Sammy's Takeout just off Junction 4. I, I was thinking we need a sponsor where the worst thing in their product range is still pretty cool. Heinz? 
I think I think ten are men. What are those incontinent pants? I think that's probably the most likely. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think so. we can. We can. I'm sure. Surely we can get some sort of sponsorship. Yeah. Um. So so you know, in in all seriousness, I think uh, it's a great event. Um. I kind of want to go back and 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 do it. Um. It is much. I think I put in one of my little videos. Um. It, it is. It's fantastic, but it's complete. It's brutal. It's completely unforgiving. Um, you need to be at a really good fitness level. Now, you know, Christ, we're old sods. Uh, well, I'm more of an old sod than you. You know, a guy, a guy in his 20s or 30s, etc., will easily have two hours of fitness in his legs, and his body will probably move better than mine on a bike. But it, it is a proper, proper race. Um, yeah. You know, you can't, you can't half-ass it. Even, even if you're young and you're a good rider, you, you properly need to have the right kit. You need yeah. to be geared up for it and, and really on, on your on the, on your game. So all these guys are a bit blasé, ah, oh, don't wear it. They're hiding the fact that they are really good riders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, and there was a lot of that. You know, it was, there was a lot of, you know, chatting to people. And I think when you were, the, when you're queuing up for the lift, there was a lot of nervous giggling. There, there was there was there, there was a lot of, of very very shallow bravado of yeah nice day isn't it yeah 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 you're going all the way to the top no halfway today yeah, yeah have a bit of a practice on that you know oh why are your hands shaking like that <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you started Strava yet yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know it's been eight minutes and you haven't blinked <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Right, oh, mate. I'll tell you what. I think this has been like a really good podcast. I think so. I think we have covered forty-three minutes and fifty-four seconds of utter twaddle, but I think we've dropped some truth in there. I, I, I feel like this is like what podcasts might actually be meant to be about. Maybe, maybe. So we'll just do the Meg Avalanche the second two. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next week, we talk about the Meg Avalanche again. We talk. We talk about snow quality. <laughs> oh, do you remember when it was slushy versus, you know, it's like, um, so, so yeah, the, the idiot's guide is, I think that the conclusion is I, I'm an idiot and I'm going to do it again. I, I failed because I was stupid. Um, and depending on whether you're a racer or not, my, well, so my plan for next year is definitely, definitely for the qualification race, which is much harder. I, I'm going to have it written on my handlebars. I don't care if I finish last. I'm going to get from top to bottom. Um, and there are a few bits where, honestly, I worked out that when people, you know, you, you, they, they force you onto a big rocky outcrop where you've got to get down one of two, three or four ways. I'm certain, because if you follow the line of people who are all feathering their brakes and stuttering around a corner, if you jumped off your bike and ran it down the, the you know, one of the other bits, I think you'd overtake 20 people. <laughs> well, hey, remember... You're a pilot, not a passenger. Exactly. I, actually, do you know what? Sorry, I might just run it down the hill with the bike run next to the <laughs> No, no, my luck. I'd trip over something and just kill myself with the bike landing on me. But it was, uh... <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what, we have smashed this. This is bloody brilliant. There you go. Um, anything else you would like to know about the Mega Valanche? Uh, do you know, I think we've 
compiled, we've curated a comprehensive list. Oh, I think we've curated? Yeah. Bloody hell, that's posh. Hey, so what rubbish should we talk about next time? I want to talk about why fat bikes aren't the main bike everybody rides. I love you. I love you for introducing that. That's fantastic. I think that's very, that's very cool. I want to, I want to do a fat bike one. Hey, do you know what? I, I don't know whether I, I put this, when this podcast happened, I, I put a thing out saying, if you've got any funny bike stories, or I want to hear about hacks gone wrong, um, or terrible advice you've been given, because there's, uh, the email is Richard's Mountain Bike Show at gmail.com. How cool is that? I set up a Gmail email. I like that. I love that. Richard's Mountain Bike Show at gmail.com. And you'll never guess what. What? Someone sent me an email. <gasps> Was it Google to say, well done, you've set up your Gmail account? Please, Two people <laughs> sent me emails. <laughs> Honestly, John, John Cobb sent me, John the Cobb sent me, he... He, he said, the worst matter of advice I've been given had a mate in the 90s who swore that narrow bars gave more control. <laughs> oh, oh, do you know what? Uh, here's a 90s reference for all the, for the one of the old people listening. I was told the same thing. Narrow bars with a Gervin flex stem. <laughs> did, Have you ever did, seen... they, did they actually come with an application for private medical care? <laughs> yeah, with, with bar ends. With bar ends. Oh, I see you catch all the brambles sticking out as you're going down a trail as well. Yeah. Brilliant. If you've never ridden it with a Gervin flex stem, it is a thing to behold. Imagine careening round breaking bumps while your handlebars bounce violently beneath you. <laughs> do, do you know what? It might improve my riding. <laughs> you see, you're trying to be loosey goosey, but yeah, yeah. Stem is also being loosey goosey. Uh, is so does that, does that very much make you the pilot or the passenger on your bike? Oh, full pa- full passenger. So you're supposed to be hanging on for dear life. But but remember the nineties, yeah. you had to have your saddle like cross country height with no dropper. That's true. That's true. So. You're getting bucked around at the front end by being smashed in the keister by the rear end. In the 90s weren't a good, and you were probably wearing lycra as well. I mean, bear, bear on the injuries. And I went down, you know, the corkscrew trail today. I, I went down with a mate there, and I was desperately showing off because he was behind me filming me. Uh, you know, he's sort of like, Christ, I'm 52, and I still craved his approval by, you know, so going fast. And I, and I even with the saddle down, I got a nasty clip of my gentleman sausage after the first little bump. <laughs> and, and, and I've got to say, that haunted me for the rest of the trail. That kind of psyched you out, didn't it? It kind of, it kind of psyched me out because, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be a hard hit, but it can, it can, it can really, you know, hey, I wonder if one of our listeners is, is, a, is a woman. <laughs> Tell me about the time when your seat slapped your vagina. <laughs> And we're cancelled. And we can Oh yeah, blood, bloody Kardashians. <laughs> they 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 wouldn't dare try and cancel us. <laughs> Mate, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you so much for your company. Um, thank you to our listener John for sending an email in. Uh, yes. 
I mean, Christ, I, we, I, ought to, I ought to make contact with John because for him to be both listening and then sending an email, he's made some pretty awful life choices. Our engagement stats are through the roof. We're 100% engagement. Oh, is that what, how do they do it? Well, one person listens, one person Brilliant. emails in. That's 100% engagement. I think we've had nine listens so far. <laughs> oh, don't ruin the stats. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, how many bloody people do you know? Can you not let make them? Hey, you t- you teach. Can you not get your students to all listen? I might just put it on sublimely on everyone's laptop. <laughs> it's like, oh, who are, those, who are those absolute tosses that automatically downloaded their album onto everyone's? Device? Oh, you too, wasn't it? Oh, you too. That pretentious knobhead Bono. Um, yeah, yeah. Here, are, here's our album, as if you know. Everyone, you're, you're lucky enough to be listening to it. I would rather have my vagina slapped by a saddle. <laughs> you, you gentlemen, so, oh, are you identify? Actually, no, no, we're there. <laughs> I, I identify as a bike seat, mate. Yeah. <laughs> How- so, any of you who are listening to this whilst driving, I, I wake up, wake up. Yeah. You're nearly at Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just rounding Paris as we speak. Mate, thank you for your company. I'm going to end it there. And we will do, I will come up with another topic almost as fascinating as that one. And it will be on the new, the next podcast. Remember, everybody, or both of you, you can now, apparently, if I filled out the form correctly, you can listen to this on Google or Apple Podcast or Spotify. Or I think there was another one. I just randomly hit a lot of buttons last night. <laughs> well done. And I have like seven or eight confirmation emails. Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, and the reason my life's in the state of disarray is, is because I will always say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to subscribe to this? Oh, hell yeah. Yes. I'm, a, I'm all over that. <laughs> um, mate, I've still got no further with our theme music. So can you work on that? Can I, can I set you that task? I want a little intro. You know, it, it just Richard's mountain bike show. You know, ju- just something with a screaming guitar solo. Let's say no more than eighteen minutes. I'm done. Done. Okay, will, that's 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 I'll all be back, for next time. All right, I'll be there. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.